Man, good morning. How are y'all doing? Y'all excited? D now, how y'all doing this morning? All right, let's dismiss in prayer. So, Lord, good. So, I, I want to do something this morning, okay? Can, can we all stand if you're able to? Everybody stand. And, and, and the first thing I want to do, we do something every now and then at, at our church back in Missouri is we do what we call Selfie Sunday. So what I want you to do is I want you to get your phone out, and all the D-Now students, I want you to get with somebody that does not have on a D-Now shirt and get a selfie with them, and I want you to put it on social media and show everybody what God is doing at this amazing church. It's, it's, it's always funny because as we do this, you always see a lot of people start fixing their hair. They're like, oh, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Let me make sure I get myself together. Selfie Sunday. Always, always get in trouble by some of our, some of our ladies in our congregation because like, you need to tell us ahead of time when we're doing Selfie Sunday. I need to know these things. So, so now the first thing I want to do before, before we get into God's word and before we, 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 we begin to plant his, his word in our hearts this morning, what I want to do is I want to honor uh, a couple people. It's, oh, you can, all, you can all sit down. I'm sorry. You can all sit down. I, I want to honor a couple people. First of all, I want to honor Pastor Josh, and I, I want to thank him for, for not only opening up his, his pulpit to me. This means more than you will ever know. It really does. Um, I've been in ministry for a long time. And, and, I, and I've been around a, a lot of pastors. For those of y'all that don't, don't know me, my name is Michael Simmons. I am 37 years old. Uh, hopefully, you're thinking right now, he doesn't look that old. All right, good, thank you. Uh, uh, and I've been around a lot, of, a lot of pastors and a lot of uh, men of God. I'm telling you, y'all have a great one right here. So can we give it up for your pastor? And, and of course, I want to honor Pastor Jared, which I don't, there he is right there. Uh, man, it's to watch him around these youth, how much he loves them and how much they love him. It is something that is very special. And I've told them all weekend, do not take this for granted. So as a church, I want to tell you as well, do not take this for granted. We, we honor you and we thank you. And, and the last thing, I would like anybody who had any part in D-Now, whether it was cleaning, cooking, if you opened up your home, anything like that, I want you to please stand real quick. We want to we honor you. Thank you for everything that you did for these kids this weekend. Their lives are forever changed by what God did this weekend, and you had a major part in that. Whether you were seen or not, you had a major, major part in that. Amen? I also want to, of course, honor uh, my associate, Pastor Richard, Pastor Rich, and Bubby. Where's Bubby at? My son, Zeke, is right there. I love you, kid. Uh, and shout out, to, shout out to the church and, and my family at home. I love you so much, and, and, and I'm excited to get back. But I am excited for God's word this morning. How many of y'all are ready? Are you sure now? Hey, look. 
I've been here once now. I'm, I'm family. I'm family. So I'm going to tell you all the truth this morning, okay? So I'm going to give it to you straight, and I'm, I'm going to try to be funny, but I'm going to try to, to, to maybe open up some things and a few stories that we, we probably all heard that, that maybe we've never looked at it this way. So I want to open up God's word and, and start with that. So uh, I'm, I'm so excited about what God is going to do today. So uh, I want to talk this morning about something that, that as you hear it, w- what tends to happen uh, with us as Christians is we hear this word and we automatically feel like, oh, oh. So the title of my message this morning is Repent. You see that feeling you got like, oh, 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 man. And and I think the the major reason of why we we hear this word, and that's our first reaction, is like, oh, my goodness, oh, wait. And and you feel off-put is because we've heard it in a tone our entire lives and in a way our entire lives that, 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 that if we go through the Bible and we begin to read context, of course, we can't read tone. From the Bible, but if you read context that goes with with times that you hear this word, you can maybe deduce that maybe it's not the way that we hear it in our head, and many times the way that we say it to others. Because the way that we hear it in our head and the way that we've heard it said from other Christians is repent. Right? And what does that instantly do? It repels. Who are you talking to? Right? Repent! We've seen the people on the street corners with the signs, and we've heard it our entire life. Repent! So this morning, I want to talk about this sentence. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the way we hear that many times is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while that may be the case, Sometimes I want to go over a few times in the Bible and in the scriptures and context that goes with this sentence that maybe changes the way that we see it and maybe the way that we hear it. Maybe the way that we look at this, this this repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and we're able to see it a different way than just yelling at one another. And maybe even see it a different way than, than, than the way that we say it to ourselves. Because I don't know about y'all, but I'm my own worst critic. There's so many days where I'm the one screaming at me, just repent, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? You're messing up again. God is mad at you now. And what it tends to do is it, it tends to push me away from going to him. And it tends to, to make me isolate and make me want to fix myself, and then come to him. So let's talk about it this morning. Let's go to Matthew 3, verse 1. So we're going to talk about this time, this time in the Bible. So uh, when, when you get there, I want you to jump up and say, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's so funny. Yeah. So I want to talk about one, this is one. This is one. One of the ways, and and this is many times the way that we hear this. Okay, so this is John the Baptist talking. Okay, anybody that knows anything about John the Baptist? John the Baptist was crazy. This guy's out in the wilderness. He's eating bugs. He's screaming. He's he's saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." This is how he would say that. 
because this is who John was. Long hair, crazy beard, like it just this guy was out there, okay? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, so we could say it in that tone in this context because that's the way he would have said it. Okay, so Matthew 3.1. In those days, John the Baptist came, came to the Ju Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent from your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. So when we hear this sentence, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near or for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, we can read it and we can take this tone out of that. Because that's what, the way that he would have said it. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. But is this in other contexts the way that this was said? And why is it this way that we, 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 we hear it to ourselves when we hear the word repent? We hear the word repent. When we hear the word repent. So in many ways in today's age, this is how often we, we hear this word repent. Repent. We hear it in a, a yelling, abrasive, off-putting tone. Why? Because churches have, have, have become, have become uh, fear factories to scare people into coming on Sunday morning. Instead of a place where you can come and get loved on and let the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus Christ change you. What we've done is scare people into coming in and then wonder why they come in and aren't changed. I can't understand why, why they're still, man, why they're still out there and they're doing this. And I mean, they, they've came to church for three weeks and I, I don't know why they're still on Facebook and they're struggling, they're complaining, and they're arguing with people I don't understand. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at, is at hand. So we have to remember, remember this about, about Bible days and, and, and antiquity is, is the fact that, that in these days, they believed here is your list of rules. Here is the only way for you to get in contact with God is doing this list of do's and don'ts. Okay, this is the only way that you can get in contact, that you can do it. So you have to make sure that you can do this and then you can go to God. And, 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 and even in, in today's age, especially in the United States, we, we believe this to be the case is that you need to get yourself together. You need to act right. You need to dress it up. You need to make sure you have the right words and the right things to say, and then you can come to church. We've all heard it before. Hey, I want you to come to church with me. What's the very common reaction? Man, I got, let me get myself right, and then I'll come to church. Let me, let, me, let me make sure I clean myself up and then I come to church. And, and, and I ask the youth this question and, I, and I'll ask you the same thing. If you have to clean yourself up and then come to God, who saved who? You saved yourself. If you had the strength to do it on your own, why did Jesus die? But what we think is that, oh, oh, I can do this list of things. I can do this, 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 and this, and then I'll be able to come to God because he's mad at me unless I do this, 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 and this. And really, the whole, the, the whole theme of, of, of D Now this weekend was the fact that we see Jesus through a filter that it really isn't him. 
You look all through the Bible, Jesus didn't go to people that had it together. What did he say? I didn't come for the 99, I came for the one. What did he say? I didn't come for the, the ones that are in need of a savior. I came for the ones that are broken, hurting, lost. The, 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 you go all through the Bible, guess what? There's just trashy people all the way through the Bible that God used in a mighty way. Why? So they had to lean on him. They couldn't clean themselves up first and then go to him. No, no, no. They had to go to him, and then as a result of that, they got cleaned up. But, see, we don't see it in that way. We say, no, 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 I've got I've to clean myself up. I've got to repent before I can go into the kingdom of heaven. I've got to, I've got to repent. And, and again, that is, that is absolutely true. Of course, we have to repent of our sins. Of course, we have to turn away from our sins. But what happens when you do that, but you still struggle? Can I be real this morning? What happens when you do that and you go back home on Monday and hell's still knocking at your door? See, because we can get people in churches and we can get them saved and what many times happens is we get them saved and then we send them out. All right, good luck. We'll see you next Sunday. Hope your week's good. And what happens? Monday's still there. Tuesday's still there. Wednesday's still there. Thursday's still there. And I don't know about y'all, but I know many times where I would try to just make it into Sunday. Like if I could just make it into Sunday, then I'll be good. Uh, all hell's breaking loose against me, and I'm struggling, and I'm fighting, and I'm depressed, and I'm down. I don't know what to do if I could just make it till Monday when God wants to be there with us on a random Thursday afternoon. But what happens is we tell people, repent. All right, cool. Man, that's awesome. You won't struggle no more. We'll see you next week. And it's just not not the case. It's just not how life works. It's not how things go. So I, I, I told the youth, so, so Sunday, Sundays are like therapy for me. So I, I like to share so that, so that it kind of makes you relax because you know that, that, that I've got problems, okay? I, I, I struggle, and Richard knows because um, I do this every Sunday. I want to tell you all a story about me, okay? So there's many times where I, I just feel like a failure as a husband, Okay, we've been married for, uh, it's about to be 18 years of marriage. And uh, there's many times I feel like a failure as a husband, especially on trips. I don't know why it's on trips that this happens, but somehow on trips we always tend to argue over something. It could be where we're going to eat at. She drives me crazy. She's not here, so I'm going to talk about her. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Babe, what do you want to eat? We all know this. All the men don't say nothing. Just look at We understand each other. We do. I'm like, babe, pick somewhere. I'll get something from anywhere you pick. And when I say I'll, I'll get something from anywhere you pick, I mean, that's not a code for pick the right place. That's a code for I will get something anywhere you pick. Okay, and, and what happens is she wants to go back and forth with me and back and forth. I'm like, I don't care. Are you sure? Where do you want to go? I don't care. Okay, well, what about here? Sounds good. No, I don't want to go there. Like, well, you just pick somewhere. Okay, so what usually happens, we're arguing about something, and, and when, when I get upset, what I tend to do is I do something that I find to not be effective at all, and I don't know why I do it, but I, this is what I do, okay? When I get upset with her, I give her what I like to call the silent treatment. So I do all the driving in our house because I, I want to live. <laughs> so we'll be, we'll be driving somewhere, and, and, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll give her the old silent treatment. 
and I can't look at her. And she knows. She's been with me. We've been dating and together for over 20 years. She knows me better than anybody. So she knows instantly. What's the matter? Nothing. Like I'm looking at the scenery. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just, what, what I really want is for her to say, babe, I'm sorry. I love you. You're so handsome. Kiss me. <laughs> but what really happens is she, go, she, she knows I'm upset, so she'll poke at it. she goes, go, oh, okay. So where do you want to eat? Right, so I give her the old silent tree. And the same thing happens with my kids. When I get upset, what do we do? I am mad at you. Go to your room. Get out of my face. You make, and, and, and many times, it's, it's, I don't know why it's always Bubby. You need to act right, that's why. Okay, no. But uh, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll do something. I'll be like, shut up. Come here. Come here, son. Tell me why. And he's like, you, you, t- you just told me to be quiet. I don't know what to do. I'm like, you know what? Go to your room. Get out of my face. I am mad at you. And this is how we think God works. I'm mad at you. Get away from me. I don't want to be around you. Look what you did. You failed me again. Go away. When really that's not Jesus at all. Bible says that he's close to the brokenhearted. The Bible says that he wants to be there in your moments of weakness. He wants to be there when you're down in your worst moment. You, let me tell you a secret. You know, God loves the broken, the broken you and not the perfect one that you put on a front on Sunday morning in front of your pastor. Get out of my face. Why? Because we hear... God going, repent! You better repent. Then you come to me. You better get that together. You see that anger problem you got? You better work on that. Then come to me. That lust thing that you got on behind closed doors that nobody knows about, you better get that together. Then you come to me. Then why do you send his son? When instead what happens is in our darkest Moments that we don't want to share people, he's drawn close to us going, hey, 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 I'm right here. Hey, hey, I died for you. Hey, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. You messed up, you messed up, you messed up. Lift your head up. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Lift your head up, lift your head up. I died for you, I died for you. Get up, get up, get up. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, if we can't, save ourselves, if we can't clean ourselves up, why do, we, why do we hear this in that tone? Why do we hear this in that way? So let's, let's read a couple more times where, where this phrase is, is spoken, and let's look at some context, and then maybe deduce the, the fact that, that th- this isn't a screaming, yelling, uh, divisive tone at all. And maybe instead, it's, uh, it's, it's more leaning towards the fact that, that this, this book right here, that this thing that we call the gospel, is uh, good news. Isn't that amazing? That this Bible isn't just a list of do's and don'ts. It isn't something that we can smack people upside the head with and say, get your act together. 
But instead, it's a book that we can go to people and say, hey, you will never have your act fully together. But there is a man that's in this book. There is a man that is the living, breathing version of this book in human form, came, lived, what was crucified and resurrected after three days, died for your sins, lived a perfect, spotless life, and is, and, and is alive in you. There is somebody that is alive in you. That is the good news. But instead, we're going, you did what? You better repent. Repent. I can't even be around you. Why? Because it makes us feel better. Why do preachers and speakers get up on a stage and act like they've got it all together? Why? Because it makes us feel better. Look how I am. You better. You better repent. You deal with what? Glad I'm not that bad. You ever, you ever, maybe subconsciously or deep down, ever see somebody struggling and go, at least I'm not that bad? I know we do. It's called Facebook. It's the whole reason why that exists. <laughs> do you see Susan? I can't believe she's doing that. Glad I'm not that bad. When what we should be doing is having a heart transplant and instead of looking at things that way and we change the lens of the way that we see things and all of a sudden we start thinking like Jesus does and we go, don't you realize? Just repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you just knew to repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you just repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's go to Matthew 4. 16. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Huh. So this sounds exciting. This sounds like uh, it's a good thing. So the people that were in darkness are now in light. This is amazing. This is awesome. This is a good thing, the good news, as some may call it. People were in darkness, and they have seen a great light. And for those who live in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Huh. So, so then we begin to question, why would he say, hey, hey, there are some people that were in the darkness, and now, now they're in the light. Now they're in the light. Repent! Or would it sound more like, hey, there were, there were people that, that used to live in the darkness, and now a great light has came, and now they're no longer in the darkness. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Interesting. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Though you may have struggled and you may have fought and you may have a background and you may have hurt some people, guess what? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Just repent, 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 for the kingdom of God is at hand. That doesn't sound abrasive at all. That almost sounds like the gospel. That almost sounds like good news. That almost sounds like a good thing. Hey, hey, you were in darkness, but now... Jesus 
shined a light. But now Jesus paid the price. But now Jesus has done it all. So now let's go to Mark 1, 12 through 15. It says, the spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached good news. Hmm, okay, okay, Sartanus set the stage here where he preached good news. I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. Huh. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sin and believe the good news. So again, in this context, why would he say, why would he say, hey, Jesus began to preach the good news. Repent! You better repent. I'm on my way. You better repent. But instead, it sounds to me like, hey, uh, Jesus began to preach the good news. Just repent, repent, repent. The, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So w- what is the definition of this word repent? And, and, and by a raise of hands, I, I want you to raise your hand if, if this is the definition that you've heard, is to, is to turn away from your sin. Hands, hands, okay, okay. Almost everybody, right? Yes, this is the definition But did you know that words have multiple definitions? Does anybody know the the other definition of this word? Awesome, good. If you don't don't know, that's that's good. That's great. Don't don't just stay nice and pure and, and don't yell at people. The other definition of repent is to change your mind. Hmm. Jesus went around preaching the good news, change your mind and believe the gospel. Okay. And what the Bible says is is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Okay. So repent, change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is within reach. That sounds like good news. Change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is within reach. Because again, we have to remember that, that back in antiquity, the only way that you could get to the kingdom of heaven is doing this list of rules. If you would get sick, you would get sniffles, you would get anything back in these days, they believe that you're doing something bad and you need to be pushed out. You need to be, oh, they're bad. They, they, they can't be around. You need to go away. You need to go somewhere else. When what Jesus came to do, what his ministry was all about, is he wasn't pushing people away. The people that had been pushed away, Jesus was going to get. Going, okay, that's cool. Y'all stay over there. I'll be right back. I'm going to go get this one that you ostracized. You know, the one that you you kicked out. You know, the one that you want nothing to do with. No, no, no. I'm going to go get them. Why? Because now they're out here thinking, oh, man, I've got to clean myself up before I could come in. It's like people with leprosy were pushed out of the community. And in order for them to, 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 to be able to come back into the community and continue their jobs, what would happen is they would have to be cleansed, they would have to be healed, then they would have to go to the priest for the priest to go, okay, now you look better. Now you can come in. And what happened is they took that thinking 
and put that on God. Change your mind. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. God's not far from you. God hasn't forsaken you. God didn't see that thing you did last week and go, I'm done. That's it. That's the last draw. I'm done with you. No, instead what he's doing is he's running to you saying, if you just know, I'm right here with you. Because guess what? A list of rules isn't going to save you. If that were the case, this place needs to be empty because we'll never do it. We'll never achieve it. We'll never be able to walk it. But instead, what happens is the closer you get to God, those things begin to fall off of you. Why? Because you have a change of mind. You ever went and laid something down at an altar? Said, I'm done with that. Two months later, you pick it right back up. Why? Because you, you laid it down, but you haven't had a change of mind. Because when you get a change of mind and those things begin to creep back up, what you do is go, I don't want to do that. Why do I not want to do that? Because God doesn't want me to do that. Instead of trying to do it on our own strength, now what happens is we get the mind and the heart of what God wants and what God wants us to walk and how he wants us to act and what he wants us to do. So now when you go to those things, you're like, no, 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 I don't even want to do that anymore. I don't want that. I thought I used to, but now I don't. I don't want that. Why? Because we've had a change of mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is not far from you, but he's near. How many of y'all have ever played sports? Like this whole, what'd you play, Pastor? Okay, basketball, okay. Anybody ever played football? Like basketball is not, it's aggressive sport, but like football, it's like on a whole nother level, okay? I realized I couldn't play basketball when I had a, 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 a big guy hit me and it hurt. <laughs> I thought I was dead. Like I thought I was dead, okay? And I got up, and I went to the sideline. I'm like, coach, you had to tap your helmet. So I'm like, coach, get me out. And I went over there. I said, I said, hey, coach, it's the middle of the game, right? He's, he's just in the game. I'm like, hey, coach, coach, I need, I need, uh, I need to talk to you. Um, yeah, this isn't for me. I think I'm going to stick with basketball, coach. I can't, I can't do I'm, I, I use this as my excuse, my out. I'm like, look, I just really need to focus on basketball. That's what it is. I need to focus on basketball. And then I limped off the field never to play again. But I remember I had this one coach, and, and he always yelled at me. It was always last names with these football coaches. I don't know why. Simmons! Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. What do you need, coach? So I remember one time I was in the hallway, right, and, and, and I'm walking down the hallway, and, and, and I remember he, he, I passed his class, right, and he was standing there, and he could have done this while I was standing there, but he waited until I was halfway down the hallway. Simmons! <laughs> yes, coach, yes, yes, coach. How was your weekend? You yelled at, you gave me a semi-heart attack to ask me how my weekend was? Simmons! Oh, God. 
That's how we hear this word. Repent! Oh, God. Okay, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Let me pick it up. Pick it up. Repent! Oh, God. Okay, okay, okay. When instead, again, we, sh- we, should, we should be hearing that by, oh, cool, this is an opportunity for me to change my mind, change my thinking, change the way I see things, change the way I am, change the way I act, change the way I talk. Okay? It shouldn't be something that we're so scared. God's not a coach in a hallway going, repent! You better repent. Don't pick that up. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Instead, he's going, no, 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 no. I've got something so much better for you. I've got something so much greater for you. If you just change your mind, if you just change your mind, change your mind, change your mind. If you just change your mind. But yet still, we, we, tend, to, we tend to get so scared to go to him. We tend to get so scared to go to him. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by doing what? Changing your how do you repent? How do you turn away from the first definition? How do you turn away from your sin? By allowing God to give you a new mind. By renewing your mind. By changing the way you think. You see how now both definitions work together? How do you turn away from your sin? How? The second definition. By changing your mind. All right, so let's set the stage here. Right? Te- Jesus was, was teaching, okay, teaching a group of people. And, and, and what happened is, 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 is there were the, the good ones, the ones that had it all together, you know, the, the teachers of religious law, the ones that had the Torah memorized, okay, the good ones that were there. And then there was the bad ones there, you know, the ones up on a pedestal looking down. I'm going, y'all better repent. Glad I'm not as bad as you. Right? And Jesus was teaching to them, Okay? And he told, he, told, he told three parables in, the, in this one passage, uh, uh, and he was trying to explain to them, this is who I am. I'm going to teach y'all who, who, who I am. I'm going to teach y'all who Jesus is. I'm going to teach y'all who I am, okay? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. And he told three stories. And one story was about a man that had, had 100 sheep. He left the 99 to go after the one. A woman who had 10 coins, and she lost one, and she tore her house upside down looking for her one coin that went lost. So this is Jesus trying to teach, trying to break it down to him and say, this is who I am. Take your filter of what society says I am. Take your filter off the belief because back in these days what they believed is there's a Messiah coming. He's going to overthrow Rome. We're going to be, the, we're going to be oh, it's going to be great and awesome. And instead what they got is a man that came humbly, a man that came for the broken. So he's trying to explain to them, this is who I am. And then there was a third parable where he talked about a son that squandered off everything. And what this son did is he went out and he spent money on women and he spent money on gambling and he spent money on everything except for what he's supposed to, right? And then finally when he was at the lowest of the low, when he had never been at a worse place in his life, he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my father's house, but before I do that, I need to, I, I know what I've got to do. I've got to prepare a speech. That's what will make him take me back in. If I could say the right words, if I could do the right thing, if I, could, if I could fix myself and then go to him, then he'll let me back in. So he prepared a speech for his father. He said, all right, now I'm ready to go. And the Bible says that as he was coming, his father stood on the porch. He saw his son. He didn't stand there and go, it's about time. Come on. Let's hear it. Let's hear what you got to say about yourself. This is how I view myself with my son. Come back and tell me what you learned. 
But instead, what happened is his father saw his son afar off, and he ran to him. He didn't even let, the, the speech that he had prepared never even got spoken. Instead, the father said, my son has returned. Let me run out to him. Why? Because Jesus is saying, this is who I am. If you come to me, I will come to you. You don't have to have a speech prepared. You don't have to have all your stuff together. All you've got to do is say, Father, I've got to get near you. Father, I've got to be with you. Father, I've got to be in proximity to you. He says, I will run to you and meet you where you're at. Now, you're not going to stay where you're at, but I will meet you where you're at. Repent. for The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise team, you can come and join me. And I want to show y'all two more passages. And I believe this is each and every one of us and how we see God and how we see our mess-ups and our faults and our downcomings because everybody in this room has them. Everybody in this room has them. Everybody in this room has them. Some we think are small and some we think are big, but every single one of us has them. None of us walk the line perfectly every single day. There are so many times where I feel God lay on my heart, hey, I want you to go talk life into that person. You know what I do? I don't want to do that. I got to get the milk and I got to get home. So in... Luke 5, 1 through 10, it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, a great crowd pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, this is, this is, this is Simon Peter, okay? This is Peter. This is the one... I ain't going to get to that. Just give me a minute. Stepping into the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And Simon's like, this guy. Look, sir, we've been fishing all night. All night. We've been letting it down, nothing. We've been letting it down, nothing. We've been letting it down, nothing. I, no, 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 you're, you're, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. There's no way we can do this. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Let, let the net down. Let the net down. Let the net down. Just, just, just do it. So as he requested, he let the net down. And the Bible says that the net filled with fish so much that, that everybody else had to come running to help them get the fish in the boat. Okay. So what happened at that moment is Peter doubted Jesus. See, he didn't know who this was yet. He didn't know this man yet. He knew of a coming Messiah. He knew of the thought of it. He knew of the rules that he had to do. He didn't know that this man was him. So what happened is as that net filled up, let's get to it, as the net filled up, in verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knee before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, get away from me. I am a sinner. Get away from me. You can't be near me. I know who you are now. You got to get away from me. I am a sinner. You don't need to be here with me. Get away, get away, get away. 
And this is how we go to God. Y'all, I wake up every single day feeling unworthy to even pray to him. God, I can't go to you because I am broken. I'm a sinner, man. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of, of not living up to who you called me to be. Just get away. Just get away. Why? Because Simon didn't know who this was. He knew of Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. Now watch this. John 21, 1. Later, Jesus appeared again. This is after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. This is after Simon Peter denied him three times. The lowest of the low, the lowest moment in Peter's entire existence. Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of his disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm just going to go back to fishing. Jesus is gone. I'm, I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back to the person that I used to be. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out into the boat. They caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples could not see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught anything? Have you got anything? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat, and then you'll get some. So they did, and they could not haul in the net because it was so many fish. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, wait, 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 wait. I know who that is. We've been through this before. I know who that is on the shore. That is our Lord. And Peter, in his lowest moment of his life, because he had just now spent three years with Jesus, the first time this happened, he said, get away from me. I am a sinner. But this time what happened, he put on his cloak, he jumped in the water, and he ran to his father. And he said, even though I'm a sinner, I'm back to the same old crap. I'm back to the same old stuff. I just got to be with you. I got to be near you. I got to be in your presence. Why? Because that's who Jesus is. Change your mind. He is not far from you. Change your mind. Nothing you can do can stop his love and his pursuit after you. So my question is, have you came into this place this morning as that person that said, I'm too low, I'm too much of a sinner, God's done with me, he's mad at me. Because I don't know about y'all, but this is me. This is me. This is me. In the days where I'm at my lowest, in the days where I don't want to continue and I don't want to carry on, I say, God, just... Just get away from me. Instead, what we should be doing is saying, God, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. I've got to be in your presence. I've got to be with you. I've got to be around you because nothing else is going to change me. A list of rules isn't going to change me. Hey, hey, making sure I do this and that isn't going to change me. I've got to be near you. Can we all stand?
So my question for you this morning as I, as I turn it back over to Pastor is, do you feel like God is so far away? Do you wake up and you feel like, man, I've, I've really got to get my act together and then maybe I'll feel his presence again? Do you look at yourself and say, man, he's, he seems so close to them but so far from me? Y'all was called into the ministry at 13 years old. When I was about 23 or 24, I fell away. And I went partying, and me and and my wife were in the clubs and doing all this. And I remember this very distinct moment where God made himself so real to me. And guess what? It wasn't in a church service. It wasn't in a revival. We found ourselves at a had a club and I was out there and I was dry, I was so dry, I couldn't see straight. And I slipped and fell on the dance floor and it was puke and, and disgusting mess all over the dance floor. And I found myself face down in the middle of this. And it was at that moment, it was like all the music just went shoo. And it felt like God gripped my heart and said, you know this isn't where you're meant to be but I'm here with you. Will you get up? Change your mind, I'm not done with you. Change your mind, you're not too far gone. Change your mind, I'm still here. Change your mind, I've still got something for you. Change your mind, change your mind. Get up and run after me. Get up and run after me. So I wanna ask you, is that you this morning? That you feel like God is so far away? You feel like you're too far gone. You feel like you don't have it together and you're striving and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and it just doesn't seem to work. It just doesn't seem to get you through. And you go to bed and you still feel bad and you feel like I'm so far away. I'm here to tell you this morning that he's not. He's right there with you. I'm here to tell you this morning, repent. Change your mind. The kingdom of heaven Is that your reach? So what I want to ask, if that's you, will you step out? Will you grab somebody and step out? You know, we've got people that want to pray for you. Repent. He's not far.